Welcome wrestling fans to the PW Fan. PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us for episode 10, the Double Dynamite Edition. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite local barber, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, everyone, we got another great show today. We're going to be covering SmackDown and a very awkward title exchange. We're going to do a couple Rampage highlights, a few Raw highlights, two Dynamite reviews, maybe not everything, the the big stuff that happened, Dark Side of the Ring, the current state of Ring of Honor, and uh, maybe some Halloween Havoc stuff. But first, right now, go and like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube, where we have full episodes available. And then uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. What we're going to do is we're going to pick our favorite review, and we're going to send that person a shirt so for free. And uh, we'll send it right to you. Uh, just leave us a review on iTunes. We're going to pick our favorite one. And then if you don't want to do that and you just want a shirt, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan. And the uh, the shirt is available there. But all right, Andy, let's start the show. I'm going to pass it over to you and uh, let you get right to it. All right, we're going to start with SmackDown this week. Now, I just wanted to point out this SmackDown was the day after Crown Jewel, which means it's the official start of when the draft picks uh, came into play. So the opening of the show I wanted to talk about, it was a Roman Reigns segment. And in the middle of it, Brock Lesnar comes out and just basically he goes on a rampage of everyone out and just basically he goes on a rampage of everyone. Brock and definitely Brock comes back out, chokes Adam Pierce, tells him like, I didn't hear what you just said and makes him repeat it. Brock F5s Adam Pierce. So now we know Brock is suspended. What they said was indefinitely. What do you guys think? Is this a way just to give him off TV for a long time? Yeah, I mean, I think this is what they always do, right? They always suspend him. I think he's most the most suspended person in WWE history, probably. That's, that's their easy way of writing him off. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Yeah, it makes sense that they would uh, that they would do it this way, and I mean, it's pretty typical for Brock to be written off, and it's. I mean, honestly, I hate to use this term, but it's the, it's the lazy, it's not really booking, but the lazy storyline. So at the end of the night, uh, the show closed with a, I want to say awkward title exchange between Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, which the way it went down was a little weird. Charlotte ended up dropping the belt in the middle of the ring when Becky went to grab it. As we learned later on, this really wasn't planned at all. It was really, like I said, awkward title exchange. You could feel the tension in the ring. And then turns out a little while later, you know, all three of us read online that some stuff went down backstage afterwards, as well as the things in the ring, you know, weren't supposed to happen. So there's a lot of heat right now going on Charlotte Flair. Uh, there's a lot of props apparently going to Becky Lynch backstage for, um, you know, stepping up to Charlotte Flair and kind of um, challenging her. And there was also talks of Sonya Deville wanting to 
you know, basically knock out Charlotte because if some people don't know, Sonya Deville used to do MMA and actually has had a couple of fights under her belt. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think the company does with Charlotte? Uh, I had heard that they escorted her out the building or told her to leave the building. Jeremy, did you read anything else about this? I didn't read anything else other than like it was supposed to be just a trade off, right? It was supposed to be just a normal like here you go, and they switch it. But I actually like I know that it was like kind of awkward, but it did make it a little more interesting having that tension, um, like the real life tension between them, and also like I would expect Charlotte throw it on the ground like she did rather than just handing it over, which is seems kind of not in both of their characters really. I will say that if you didn't tell me, like, if I didn't know on Twitter that something was going on weird, I would have probably just thought that it was all part of the show, to be honest with you. Well, and that, and that's the thing, though, because, you know, they are supposed to be rivals and whatnot uh, when it comes to the television yeah. show, so... You know, if it gets heated or seems heated, you know, it follows suit with how they are supposed to act with each other. But then you see see things on Twitter, like Andrade tweeting, you know, F U W W E and then it's pouring, you know, it's pouring into um, clearly other companies, like with Andrade and stuff. But, you know, I, I try to think um, about it. Go on. You were, I mean, to answer your question... To answer your question, you were asking, you know, what do you do with Charlotte? I mean, the only thing to really do is, you know, I'm I'm sure, which I'm sure they are, is they're probably having a conversation with her about professional conduct and, you know, and then, you know, on a personal level, I'm prob- somebody's probably chatting one-on-one with her, just saying, like, look, what do you want to do? You know, do you not want to be here? Because there's one thing that I've, from reading about Vince and trying to learn as much as I can about him <clears throat> is that he doesn't, I mean, legally he will keep people around for like, you know, certain reasons. Sometimes it seems like almost out of spite, but, um, I mean, I think a lot of the time, like if you don't want to be there, he doesn't want you there. What good does that do to anything? I mean, it's not good for anybody. And if she, I mean, here's the thing. Everything that she has, she pretty much owes to WWE and the opportunity that she was given there. But at the same time, you know, she has every right to find her own happiness. And if that's elsewhere, you know, she should be able to do that too. As far as like what they do with her, though, I'm sure they're just having a conversation about, you know, what do you want to do from here? And if you don't want to be here, you know, you can't be acting like that. Well, apparently, it's not the first time that she's, you know, done something that seems to be difficult to work with. Um, and I know it might not seem like it, but every superstar on any roster is replaceable. So as 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 you know, high and mighty Charlotte Flair is, and how good she is as a character and as a wrestler, they're only going to put up with certain, you know, a certain amount of things. So I mean, I hope she doesn't get fired. Well, but. Especially now, because 
of Nick Khan. We already know that he thinks that wrestlers are replaceable. Like you're saying it in one way. I understand what you're saying, but he's, he sees it as like, literally like he doesn't care who you are. He's like, you don't want to be here. We'll get the next person. And that's, they've done that with Bray Wyatt. They did that with Alistair Black. I mean, I don't think Charlotte Flair is out of the, I don't think she's like that big of a star where they wouldn't do it to her too. They've already done it to people that are like as big as her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he looks exactly. at more like a business. Like, he can save money if they cut this person. Yep, and he'll do it. So, you know, hopefully they can figure that stuff out with her. But uh, moving on to Rampage, I just wanted to touch on one quick thing, and that was the opening match. The opening match was Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. This was a first-round match for the World Title Eliminator Tournament, which I believe started that night. So, um kind of like what we did with the King of the Ring stuff, just wanted to go through when it comes to, you know, the winners for each round and, and whatnot. So the winner of Orange Cassidy and Power Hobbs moving on in the tournament was Orange Cassidy. And that brings us into our first Dynamite Boo. from Saturday. <laughs> our first Dynamite from Saturday. So, again, the show opened with another first-round world title eliminator tournament match. This one was just, I don't know, it just felt like, you know, some solid classic wrestling. It was Brian Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I've noticed that with Dustin Rhodes and AEW, I mean, maybe I just didn't pay attention to him, to it before, but he can, it feels like almost anyone, he can have a solid match. And uh, this is the first time I've seen Brian Danielson wrestle Dustin Rhodes. I'm sure he did in WWE at some point, but I just wasn't watching then. But I thought it was a really good match. Moving on in the tournament was Brian Danielson as your winner. Any thoughts on the match, guys? Yeah, having Brian Danielson outside of WWE feels like a whole new person. Or a whole new wrestler, really. Because every match, he can do something different or a different style and just make it that much more entertaining. Which is insane to have, like, I knew it was going to be a good match, but he makes it a great match every single time he's out there. For, at least for right now. I, don't, I think uh, they have, they've already recorded the Rampage for this, this Friday, like today at least. And it's him and Eddie Kingston. Apparently that's a really great match as well. So I'm like, looking forward to basically every single time he wrestles right now. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Eddie Kingston-Brian Danielson match. I really like, I mean, both of these guys can go. It is different styles, but I thought they put on a really good match. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is great, man. Like, he, the fact that he can still go the way he does is awesome. Um, and, yeah, just the fact that, like you're saying, every Brian Danielson match that happens, Jeremy, like you're saying, it just feels big. It feels important. Uh, I feel excited to watch it. Also, very similar to the way every time Punk has a match, no matter who he's wrestling, it feels like it's an important match, like I need to watch it. Uh, and I thought... <clears throat> I thought they had... It was just a really uh, good match overall, and I thought Dustin tried some things, like a little outside of his wheelhouse that seemed a little bit more modern, which is cool. And, yeah, I, I again, just another solid performance on Danielson's part. And Dustin, of course. Alrighty, moving on. We had the Super Click backstage. 
And after that, we had FTR and Tully Blanchard and uh, Penta by himself doing promos backstage because FTR is feuding with Penta and Ray Phoenix. After that, we had a in-ring sting segment. Uh, if I can remember correctly, he was calling out MGF for what he had done to Darby and why Darby was, you know, out. In the middle of his segment, MGF comes out and interrupts. And Sting, of course, gets taken out by, I believe it was Sean Spears and Wardlow? Or maybe just Wardlow. I don't remember. Uh, the Dynamites are yeah, blended together. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so like uh, four days apart right now. Yeah. So that just con- is seems like they're continuing that MGF-Darby feud. Um, I'm sure that will lead to full gear, but we'll have to wait and see. After that, we had Brick Baker backstage. I believe she was talking about Ty Conti, and I think they're going to have a match coming up. Then we got our next match on the show. It's a first-round TBS championship tournament, and this was Penelope Ford versus Ruby Soho. Moving on the tournament, your winner was Ruby Soho. And I don't know if you guys couldn't see this coming, but I definitely could You know, see Ruby <laughs> at least making it past the first round. Uh, any yeah. thoughts on Ruby or, you know, I don't know if you all can remember in the bracket, but who, you know, you might want winning or see winning this thing. Yeah, Ruby should make it at least to the semifinals, probably. Uh, if not the final. Because I feel like you probably have, there's Thunder, Thunder Rose, I believe, is also in it. And then maybe they put might even put Jade in the final, too, as a heel. See, I feel like Jade's going to win the whole thing. She's undefeated <laughs> as a singles. Oh, Not saying right, it's yeah, quite one. I just, th- I just think, you know, she's putting the work. I think they don't want her to lose to Britt Baker because they want to keep the belt in her. But I could totally see her winning this tournament all the way. Yeah, I, Ruby's one of my favorites, so I'm I'm not saying that I think that she's going to win the whole thing. I don't know if they're going to really push her that hard because they've been building other people. And we've now we've already seen the Britt Baker-Ruby Soho match, so it's like, okay, you know, switch it up, you know, change it up, what are you going to do? But, yeah, I mean, clearly Tony Khan or whoever is really in charge of – uh, running their women's division really see something in Jane Cargill because or Jade Cargill clearly whoever's running the women division sees something in Jade Cargill because they are really pushing her. She, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, she has a phenomenal look. She's a great looking athlete. Uh, she's like strong and powerful looking. I mean, she has a great professional wrestling look. Uh, I, I just think the more the more time and the more reps that she does, the better she'll get. But yeah, somebody definitely sees something in her. Not saying that I don't, but uh, th- it seems like that they want her to. Besides Britt Baker, and uh, oh, who was their original women's champion? Rio, Rio. Yeah, that this this seems like their next person that they want to make their like AEW homegrown women uh, women's division champion. So that's the direction I see. But Ruby Soho's my girl, so. That's that's who I if we're going with who we want to win that's who I want to win. Alrighty, uh, after that we had MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow backstage. 
Then we had another match, Bobby Fish versus Anthony Green. Not the singer of Circus Survive, but Anthony Green with the E at the end. Um, winner was Bobby Fish, and afterwards, Bobby Fish turned a little bit, a little bit heelish, starts attacking Anthony Green, even though he won. Then out comes CM Punk to save Anthony Green, which is quickly announced they're going to have a match at uh, the following Dynamite. So, after that, we had... I just want to say, I think I, I think the Anthony Green from Circus Survive and Sayosin probably could have put, put, put up a better fight than the guy that was in the match. Yeah, he... Uh, I, I think I went to look something up there afterwards, but I don't remember if I was right or wrong. He might have been an impact at one point, but I wasn't 100% sure. Mary, maybe Jeremy would know, maybe not, but if he was, well, he's not there now. He's just getting crushed by Bobby Fish. So I've never seen him before this, so. Alrighty. Then we had Dante Martin and Leo Rush backstage. Not, th- during these interviews, Dante Martin's character just looks like he does not want to be with Leo Rush and paired up. Like, he's just bummed that this is what his career has resorted to. <laughs> I mean, I get that's the point that's probably Maybe, trying to though, do. that could be that could be part of it a little bit, though. Yeah, like, long-term, he has to resort to this. Long-term storytelling. I, well, he even said something to the... Didn't he even hint at something during one of the promos? He said something, he disagreed with him, and there was, like, a tension there for a second. I think they plant those seeds, yeah. you know? Yeah. And also, it's like, what does Leo Rush even do? <laughs> like, he says, he's basically a manager, but he calls himself, was it like, some, like a money guy or something? Uh, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Again, these Dynamites, since there was two this week, they're running together. Because, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. the next Dynamite, we also had it's another the... Dante Martin, Leo Rush backstage, so I just can't remember what was a part of both <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're not we're not Conrad people. We don't have a te- we don't have a team of people that we can gather throughout the week to take all these notes, man. It's all of our we own memory. Full time jobs. It's, it's all of our own memories. <laughs> all of our own memory. Watching wrestling all of our, on our own time. <laughs> so right. after the the backstage after the backstage segment, we had another first round world title eliminator tournament: Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. Your winner moving on was Eddie Kingston, but man, was there a scary spot in this match with Lance Archer. He did a moonsault, moonsault off the top route and landed like directly face down on his head. He yeah, took some time. Yeah, he took some time afterwards, uh, got out of the ring, talked to some doctors, came back in. Eddie Kingston just brought it home with a quick roll up and, you know, did what he had to do. But so it looks like we're. I know we mentioned it earlier, but next time Eddie Kingston is in the tournament, he's wrestling Brian Danielson. So that match will be really good. But yeah, what do you guys think when you saw this Lance Archer spot? Well, I immediately thought of that Brock Lesnar spot when he did the same thing, except he had muscles from his shoulders to his ear to protect himself from that fall. So I think, and Lance Archer hit like exactly on the top of his head, which is incredibly dangerous. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, he probably did have a concussion afterwards. They just let him go in and do the role for the uh, end of the match. And I I think they were going with Eddie Kingston anyways. Because it seemed like they already had the graphic up. 
or if they changed it that fast, that's incredibly fast, but they uh, seemed like they were already going in that direction anyways. Yeah, I it was really scary, and I really wish I was just, I was thinking about it, like you were saying, Jeremy, if they were already going in the, if they were already going to go in that direction anyway, if he had maybe fractured a vertebrae, broken his neck, maybe they didn't know the extent of the injury, and then, like, you know, one more thing, he could have been paralyzed. Because here's the thing you don't know. He was very lucky. He said he didn't get a concussion, but at the same time, it's like you don't, with some of these guys you don't know because they, they want to finish the match. But when the doctor came out there and checked on him, and he went to the outside, and they were he was checking on, on checking on him on the outside, I really feel like at that point, if you already knew that that the direction of the match was Eddie Kingston was going to win, that you should have just called the match and said that he couldn't continue because it's just scary. Like something really bad could have happened to him, and I'm sure he doesn't think of it like that. And he, I heard he was disappointed when he went backstage. And, you know, was angry about how everything ended early. But, man, it's like so many people now, especially, you know, and this is the PW fan. So I'm saying from a fan's point of view, like, I've watched so many wrestlers from when I was a kid. Like, they have a lot of problems, like, physically. And it's like, you you don't want to wind up like that, man. It's a, it's a sad thing. And, like, nobody wants him to have something like that happen to him. So I just hope that if something like that happens again... Again, I just I remember when Sting collapsed in the ring after the buckle bomb. It was one of the scariest things I ever saw. Terrifying. You and me so, were watching just it stuff live. like that. We were like, yeah. we thought we were like, is I this knew. Going I on? said, I said something's wrong. Or is this like a word? I said when something's wrong. That? Yeah, I said something's wrong. And then when he hit the ropes and then collapsed again, I said, oh no, this is this is really really bad. But yeah, hopefully in the future they just call it. Um, I'm glad he's okay though, cause super talented dude. He's probably done that move a million times. It's just like you know one of those things. Um, but I just was confused that they even he did a roll up like the roll up. You go up on your neck a little bit too. I'm like, man, that's like just a little risky looking to me as like as a spectator. But All right. After that, we had uh, the Men of the Year segment. Guys, I'm getting, I'm kind of over the Men of the Year stuff <laughs> in America Top Team. I just, we'll get into it at the next Dynamite. But uh, these, these so are they're on the ring Men look, of the Year. We are, we are an AEW friendly show, but I will say, like you know, it's like one of those things where it's like there's stuff where I'm like I'm not crazy about this, and this is is one of them. And I'm, you know, I'm okay with being honest about it. The only thing that I saved was... this segment was Sammy Guevara interrupting. <laughs> yeah. I was, what was that for, like, though, American Top Team for probably, like, a few weeks when it was, like, the first start. Now I was like, oh, cool, some MMA guys. And now I'm like, they're still here? I yeah, like, I didn't know they were going to be sticking around this long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Yeah. It felt like it would have been over, like, the when they had that uh, six-man tag match. So, yeah, Sammy Guevara comes My out, interrupts. Like, oh, go I, on, Tim. Does anybody even really want to see this? Like, does anybody even really want to see this? Like, does anybody even want to see UFC fighters versus pro wrestlers? Like, it's not that cool because, one, you know, 
like if we're actually thinking about it, it's like everybody knows that. Like, come on, you know that the UFC guys would probably mess those dudes up. And then secondly, when the U when the MMA guys are doing the pro wrestling stuff, if they're not like really good at it, it doesn't look that good. So it's like I don't know. It just seems like a weird lose lose for everybody. Like it's not something I'm interested in, and I used to order big fights all the time. Like I love mixed martial arts. It's just that in pro wrestling, like, like mixing like that is just like I don't know. I like I like when they incorporate little styles. Like you know, Bobby Fish does some stuff like that. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson. But it's like, man, come on. I, it's like, do we really want to see Junior Dos Santos go in there and wrestle? I don't. That's just me. What What's your guys' opinion? Yeah, so in the middle of that Men of the Year segment, you know, Sammy Guevara came out, interrupts, and then the, as, uh, what's his name, Dan Lambert would call him, the inner circle jerk comes out, (laughs) and, uh, you know, just is continuing this whole feud between them as much as they can. After that, we had John Moxley backstage. I believe he was talking about how he... Didn't care about the title, but then saying that he needs to win this tournament for, like, his daughter or his family now. Um, Then we had the Dark Order backstage with Hangman Adam Page. Um, And our next match was Jungle Boy versus Brandon Cutler. This was a very quick match. Jungle Boy was your winner. And then afterwards, Jungle Boy calls out any member of the Elite. Adam Cole comes out, but of course was this was all, you know, a trick. The Unbucks come out and attack. They give a BTE trigger and a last shot to cap it off at the top of the ramp. And Jungle Boy is thrown off the stage through a table. Um so That's quite a jump. And they threw him off. Oh yeah. Well they threw him and he did a front flip yeah. <laughs> and landed through the table. Uh, finally, wrapping up the show, though, we a, had... I, I, I can't stand Brandon Cutler. No. <laughs> I mean, I get his, I get what he's, like, there for, but, you know, sometimes he can be used in funny ways. In, in the next Dynamite... Uh, he was used greatly at the in the main event yeah. of the next Dynamite. Yeah, I was going to say. So our main event was Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes Part 3. In the middle of the match... At some point, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson come out. Uh, there was a spot I thought was pretty cool. Cool. Uh, Cody does a crossroads off the outside of the ring onto a table through the through a table on, that's also on the outside of the ring. That was, that uh, was cool, but it's also like Cody went through the table. Yeah. <laughs> like Malachi and Phil is on top of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it didn't it didn't do anything for it. Also one happened other, during but, the break. Yeah. Oh, did it? I don't. I don't even remember. Yeah, it's your. Um, it was a break spot. There was also. Was it? Were the chance? Was it get the Glock? There was definitely like yeah. a get the Glock chance going out. Um, there was a huge uh, Cody sucks chant in the beginning. Yeah, there was a lot of booze for Cody. Uh, you know, it was the back and forth cheering for Malachi, and then booing for Cody. At one point, Andrade comes out. Uh, eventually, Arn Anderson hits a spine buster. 
on Andrade's associate. Then Pack comes out and attacks Andrade. In the end, your winner was Cody Rhodes with a Crossroads and a Tiger Driver 98, is I believe what Excalibur said. Um, I mean, it was, a, it was a good main event, good way to cap off the show. Cody's first win, I believe, in this series of matches. Yeah. I thought this was going to be the end of it, but once we get into the next Dynamite, we see this isn't. So, yeah, Should what do you guys think of about this part three? Yeah, should have been the end of it. I mean, Cody winning here and how they did the Malachi's promo afterwards made me not hate it as much. Like, I I didn't I didn't like it at all when Cody comes back for a third match and just wins it all of a sudden because he's been training more or something. Which just means that he's dousing up and putting the work. Arn's been calling him a pussy, so he's he, <laughs> he finally did it. Yeah, Arn was threatening to shoot him if he didn't win this time, so... Uh, but when I mean the match was uh, the, yeah no you go, go ahead, ahead Jeremy I was just gonna say the Malachi I think it was in the next Dynamite but it kind of just ties into the match itself but he basically just said that the purpose wasn't to get a win it was just you know to destroy basically Cody Rhodes he's like the crowd's booing you uh, you had to like destroy your friends and family's relationship so and then he that my favorite line that he signed off with was uh the house always wins it was a great line yeah the match overall i mean it was a fine match the thing is i don't get why well now i think that they're gonna play into it into a long-term thing but he's you know He's almost, it almost seems like he just isn't taking the hint. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're not a baby face. Like, you need to, you need to switch it up, man. But, uh, I was super disappointed to see Malachi lose this match. I was like, oh. And I'm not a big fan of what happens to him on the next Dynamite either, which we'll, we'll get into. I don't like, I don't, I don't like this direction, but we'll, I, and again, I don't want to be that like complaining person. We'll see where the story takes everything, but his new alliance that he's made, I just thought it made him very just look like another one of the wrestlers. Like he's this hanging was, out with Andrade. I'm like, this was also his first loss, right? In AEW. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like he should have stayed undefeated for a little while longer. Yeah, he has a good thing going. I don't know. Once you start training with Arn seriously, you become a you become a beast. Apparently, it's all those uh, late nights in the backyard with a bonfire with Arn. God, that segment. Um, so that wraps up that dynamite. Now we did have two this week, but uh, moving on to Monday Night Raw, there's two things I wanted to cover in particular. So Damian Priest had a match with T-Bar, Priest, had a match with T-Bar, and he ended up winning the match, but I believe, like, a chair got thrown at him, <laughs> like, one of the announcer chairs, I think T-Bar threw at him, and he just goes off and does a beatdown like we've never seen Damian Priest do before. Uh... 
I don't know if both of you guys saw it or maybe one of you saw it, but it, to me it was looking like he's doing a slow, like some sort of heel turn at the moment. And you guys see it? I didn't see it, so you can go ahead, Sam. I didn't see it either. <laughs> no. Well, if, I'm sure there's clips on YouTube, but yeah, it just, you know, I maybe they feel like Damian Priest uh, has done what he can as this baby face saving the day, you know, saving people, beating the, the fighting champion and all that. Um, Andy, Andy's yeah, a I mean, weekly WWE connoisseur. <laughs> he'll he'll bring you the God, raw action. I watch it all, right? <laughs> watch it all. Take the notes. I yeah, we all watch it all. Hey, <laughs> hey, dude! I spend a lot of. I mean, we all do. We all spend the time watching. Yes, but yeah, I mean, if you end up seeing this this uh, part, you know, it definitely he's he showed more aggression during this segment than he had before, so. If they're going to turn him heel, it looks like this was the definitive moment of starting that. But what I really wanted to cover when it came to Raw was the main event. And the main event was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor versus Rey Mysterio. And they made it a point it was all former champions uh, in a ladder match to become the new number one contender to Big E. Your winner and new number one contender is Seth Rollins. Uh, I thought this match was, you know, you got stars in there. It's a ladder match. Some really cool spots were in there. Uh, I enjoyed it. And even though, storytelling-wise, does it really make sense that Seth Rollins is now the new number one contender after losing uh, four days before? I don't know. But I'm here for it. I think if you put any of the other three against Big E, it would have been a face versus a face, which uh, I'm usually not as big of a fan of. But storytelling-wise, you know, I think this makes sense. Edge is gone for a little bit, so uh, if they were going to continue that storyline, it's at least on the back burner for now. Yeah, it was a good match. And, yeah, Seth Rollins versus Big E, it's probably going to be great matches too. I'm sure they're going to probably have more than just one. Uh but I'm kind of curious to see if they would even consider taking the title off Big E right now, because I know how much they love Seth Rollins. But I don't. I don't think he actually needs it right now. Seth Rollins, that is. Well, if they were to take it off of him and put it on Seth Rollins, you would have Seth versus Roman at Survivor Series. That's true. But they are both heels right now. This is true, also. I enjoyed the match. A lot of star power in there. Hard to go wrong. Man, I mean, when that match got announced, I was like, Raw got some good pick. I mean, Raw got some stars. They just opened the show with, you know, announcing that segment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor on the same show. That's a great Which, lineup right there. Yeah, for sure. So, Tuesday night, we had the first official pay-per-view for NXT 2.0, and it was Halloween Havoc. Just I, was, I didn't want to go through the whole thing, but I did want to talk about the title matches because there were three title exchanges and one uh, re- retaining. The opening contest was for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, and it was a 
Scareway to Hell ladder match. Um, it was Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, the champions, versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada versus a to- uh, Toxic Attraction, which was Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Your winners and new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Toxic Attraction. Now, I did want to talk about uh, there was a particular spot in the match where Irishara went off a ladder and flipped down onto another ladder that was uh, kind of planked from the ring to the barricade. And she just looked like she hit hard, but it was a pretty pretty crazy spot. Uh, I know Tim saw Did you get to see it, Jeremy? I saw the main event, but I haven't really seen too much of that stuff. What do you think of the match, Tim? Or the spot? The match, uh, Tim? Or man, the spot? tough, right? Like, that was very scary. And she took it perfectly. I mean, she stayed loose. and I mean, but there's there's, there's really no way, safe way to, to do that. And... Uh, yeah, she definitely earned my respect. That'll be on the highlight reel for years to come. I was just thinking, when it came to that, if anyone's going to take that spot in the match, it's going to be Io Shirai. Everyone else is, um, you know, they're still green, I feel like. Uh, maybe Zoe Stark would be next to take it, but, um, yeah. Congrats to Toxic Attraction for their their first time being Tag Team Champions. Our next title match was for the women's NXT championship. It was a trick or street fight. Raquel Gonzalez versus Mandy Rose. Love these names. Yeah, me too. Uh, (laughs) Especially there was a bunch of uh, Chucky. He was like like the host of the pay-per-view. That was weird. We don't have to talk about that. But in the middle of this women's tag team or women's championship match, Dakota Kai returned. She happened to be that mysterious superstar who was coming. She returned. She hits Raquel with a shovel, and your winner and new uh, NXT Women's Champion is Mandy Rose. So now Toxic Attraction has all the women's gold. That's what we predicted, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, next. Mandy. Mandy. She's not that Mandy anymore, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she dark changed her hair. Mandy. She went dark. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, uh, we had the NXT Tag Team Championship in a. You're gonna love this too. A lumberjack o lantern match. <laughs> it was oh, the champions. Just add or lantern, lantern to it. That's fine. Uh, it was the, the champions MSK defending against Imperium. Your winners, and I believe for the first time ever, uh, Imperium became the new NXT Tag Team Champions. I know they've they've held it in NXT UK, but I believe this is their first time uh, in America's NXT. So congrats to them. Our main event, though, was the NXT Championship match, Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker. Man. These guys killed it. Yeah, yeah, they really did. Braun Breaker is a future star. 
Uh, he, I think one day he, you know, he might even main event WrestleMania. I'm sure he, I'm sure it's, they might fast track him to the main roster. I could totally see that happening. Though Tommaso Ciampa did retain, I think everyone got to see, you know, what uh, Braun Breaker could do. I think the story of this match, though, that they were telling was experience versus, you know, or experience basically towers all, at least in this case. I mean, but Braun Breaker was explosive. He did a bunch of Steiner moves. I don't know why. He just doesn't go by Steiner. <laughs> Steiner. Uh, but I mean, he didn't hide that he was a Steiner throughout that match based on what he was doing and how he was wrestling in general. But I thought it was an awesome match. Um, you know what's funny about this match is that we were all like, oh, Breaker's going to win. And we're kind of like disappointed because we want Champa. And now after this match, I'm like, why didn't he win? Like now I feel like they should have gone <laughs> in that direction. <laughs> yeah, you were anticipating it. Yeah. Well, the question is then, you know, who is next in line to wrestle Tommaso Champa? I'm, guess- I'm sure Mandy. we'll find out. You know, I'm sure they'll. Mandy. <laughs> So that that covers Halloween. <laughs> that covers covers Halloween right. havoc. Well, guys, that wraps up our show. Appreciate you joining us today. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube, and leave us that review on iTunes so we can get you your T-shirt. Go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash the PW Fan to get your shirt. Follow Andy's uh, Funko Pop Instagram at uh, the 410 Fanbros. Thanks again for listening and join us in two weeks. Okay, we're going to be back on November 19th. Bye bye, everybody.